Welcome to the Awe and Wonder AAC podcast. This is from the Special Education Technology Center, and we are so excited about our special guest today, Mo Booty. Um, we'll hear from her right away, but I'll just start by saying that I'm Sarah Kinsella. And I'm Brenda Del Monte. So Mo, why don't you introduce yourself to the few people who may not know you? <laughs> Thanks. I'm Mo Booty. I um, live in Chicago, Illinois. I've been in the field of disabilities for over 32 years. Um, I was a special ed teacher, a special ed administrator, director of autism and intellectual disabilities in the third largest school district in the nation, and decided one day, seven years ago, actually like last week, um, <laughs> that I could help more people outside than I could in. And I just decided to take that leap of faith and start my own um, advocacy and consulting and presenting companies. So now I'm I'm a business owner, and um, I get to wear all kinds of different hats every single day, um, and it's amazing. It's the best thing I ever did. Oh, wow. That's that's a big shift. That must have been taking some bravery on your yeah, part. Yeah, it was scary. I'll tell you at the beginning. I actually had to say, okay, now what? <laughs> now what do I do? Um, but it was it was super fun, and um, it's been – it's I think the best thing is wearing a different hat every day. Mm -hmm. Um, like I, because I have my director of special ed certificate in the state of Illinois, a lot of school districts will call because maybe they don't have one for the moment and they need an interim or their district is so small that they need someone just one day a week. And I'm like, oh, I could do that. So right now I'm a director in two different school districts one day a week. And oh, wow. then, yeah. And then I'm, uh, a presenter and then I do tons of advocacy all over, not just Illinois, um, I could do it in any state because um, federal law is federal law, but then I do have to do some investigating about their um, their state policies and laws, but I find that fun. Wow, and <laughs> I, you sleep yeah. at some point? Um, <laughs> that is a good point. I probably do not sleep as much as I should. I, I, ha I, I have not learned the word no yet. I'm always like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Because it's so fun. Every experience is so different. And, and, um, and I'll say never build a burn a bridge because our field is so small. I'll get old bosses of mine who are now in other districts saying, Mo, I need you to come out and observe this um, autism classroom and give us suggestions. And it was so fun. I got to do it last week in like four different classrooms. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how fun was this? And That's again, neat. a totally different hat. And um, so, yeah, it's, yeah. it's great. Yeah. But that's a good, that's a good tip. Don't burn those bridges anyway, but you're right. <laughs> yeah. But you yeah. never know what you opportunities never... will be there. Right. So yeah. Mo, I know you from uh, seeing you at Closing the Gap last October. Um, <laughs> I was sitting there with Brenda and Brenda was saying, see, isn't she great? Isn't she great? Oh. <laughs> um, we were listening to you um, with all these tips for, for students with autism. And then also from um, your Dan and Mo classes, before will you tell us a little bit about um about those and what you're doing with presenting and yeah so presenting I kind of have um I started doing just autism and then I really started expanding 
because of what I've learned and then what I get to kind of see implemented in all the schools I go observe and because I'm always observing students. Um, so I get to make suggestions to at IEP meetings. So then I get to see them implemented. So then I really started getting into the technology and then and then Dan, of course, taught me a ton of really cool stuff too. Um, and I've always, from the very, very early beginning of teaching, um, had students that um, were pretty significantly impaired and required alternate means of communication. So I was always super interested in that. And I wish I could rewind the clock because there's so much more I wanted to do or could have done mm -hmm. um, about just everything we know now. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, so so presenting then is typically like autism, um, kind of uh, some behavioral support, some um, really fun techie things, um, and and that kind of AAC augmentative communication. Those are kind of my my buckets, and then IEP compliance. But I'm the big IEP nerd. I I could talk about IEPs all day. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's good because some of us don't want to. So we need someone who knows. Who knows. Right? Yes. <laughs> yes. That's good. So speaking of students, um, what is, can you think about in your career, you said what, 32 years? Yeah. I started that's when I was like two. Yeah. yeah, you, were, yeah. you were just a baby. A baby. Just a baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, particular student in your career who's inspired you or maybe a couple students? Well, it's interesting you ask that because when I was saying about like way back when I was teaching how there were students that most of them were significantly impaired. I say all my students inspired me in some way, right? To I pulled some something I learned from them. Mm -hmm. But if if I go back to my first classroom in Arizona, I think of this student, Nikki, who was... Um, labeled as like severely intellectually impaired. He was nonverbal. I think they call him cortically fine, physically handicapped. He had like the alphabet soup of labels. And he was probably my most significantly impaired child in class. And I knew he was in there, but I just didn't know how to reach him. Mm. So I asked, um, I remember I, I had just gone to a Caroline Musselwhite um, conference, first time I ever saw her. And I was like, I ate lunch with her. And I was like, oh, my God, I was so starstruck. And I came back and I asked for a AAC eval. And the speech therapist said, he's not a candidate. And I'm like, mm. why not? Right? I know. Yeah. Brenda, I see that. Exactly. But back then, I was like, okay, I'm the teacher. You're the, okay. Sadly, so, not just back then, Mo. Sadly, yeah, not just back yes. then. Yes. So there was very little, like he had very little body movement that he did on his own, um, that he could mm -hmm. control. Maybe his head a little, his mouth, his eyes. Um, so, and there was only a few things we really, really knew about him. We really knew he loved vanilla pudding. We really knew he hated chocolate pudding. We knew mm -hmm. he loved to be loved, like he loved a, like a hug or, mm -hmm. or just attention. We knew he loved his grandma and we knew he hated being repositioned. That's mm -hmm. pretty much all we knew about him mm -hmm. um, because he had no way to show what he knew. Mm -hmm. So one day I was just, I don't even know what made me think of this. I put a headband on him, like one of those um, old school workout, like uh, a yeah. ones and taped. Richard Simmons. 
Yes. <laughs> poor, poor little Nikki and taped an infrared, uh, infrared light here yeah. uh -huh. and lowered the lights. And I had the chocolate and vanilla pudding. And I was just talking to him about like how he can tell me, even though I already know you like vanilla, but is there some way you can tell me? So we talked it through. And I first did, of course, just so he'd always pick vanilla. So I would put like chocolate way out of the reach. And I we were eating together and and then I put the chocolate in and the first one he picks is vanilla. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. So I, you know, we're talking and then he's eating. Then the next one, he has the light on the chocolate and I'm like, oh, okay. And then he was pissed at me. I'm like, yeah. I'm so sorry you picked the chocolate. I was shocked how quickly he learned not to look at the chocolate. And then I was like, oh my gosh, this is the, this is day one. And wow. he's not a candidate for AAC. Mm -hmm. So then I'm setting up the next activity. This is hilarious. I had an 18-year-old assistant, Julie. Beautiful. And this kid's in middle school. So next mm -hmm. thing you know, I see the infrared light on her behind. Oh, my and, God. And I say, hey, Julie, can you walk over to my desk? She's like, okay. She walks over there and I go, can you climb on my desk? She goes, what? I go, just do it. And she does. And there's the light. And then I go, no, come over to this side of the room. And then I go, oh Nikki, you're in there. Yes. Oh, look at that then, range of motion. Right. I was like, so I was like, uh, now I'm like, he is truly in there. Mm -hmm. And um, I went back and asked again for the assessment and was told again, no. So then I made that um, plexiglass frame, put pictures on both sides, had it on his wheelchair tray and literally engaged him in every academic task. And I was shocked how much I'm like, oh yeah, he knows what month it is, you guys. I'm like, Nikki, mm. you know so much. Like, And then we brought his grandma in to show him and she was crying. And I'm like, oh. okay, yeah. So we we put a, um, an I love grandma on it. And and then of course he looked at it. She's like crying. Do you really think he, and I'm like, he loves you. Yeah. You're his mama. <laughs> so it was, um, so it was, and that was like early. That was my, first classroom in Arizona. And I, I always wonder like, oh, what could that have been if he had a robust system? Right. Mm -hmm. So I just use that, but mm -hmm. he was able to engage and he was able to really show what he knows. So that always inspired me moving forward to be like all students have the ability to communicate. Mm -hmm. And right. it's, it's really like our job to figure it out. And, um, yeah, it was, he, he just inspired me to say, wow, if Nikki can communicate, anybody can communicate. Right. And, right. and, and, you and saw he that showed potential. his age and he has age appropriate stared at my beautiful assistant. <laughs> <laughs> Very age appropriate. I was like, okay. Okay. But I mean, that, I wish that that was, didn't happen anymore. I just did an eval yesterday and with a student with Down syndrome and and he is six and they said, um, no, no. Yeah. He's, he's six. And they said, we, well, we've been told so far that he isn't ready. And I'm thinking, how do you get ready? If yeah. you never exposed to it, if you never have mm -hmm. it to practice on, how do you get ready? Yeah. And what are you in that goes back to some of those phrases we use now, right? Nobody's too anything for, you know, literacy. Nobody's too disabled for AAC. Nobody, mm -hmm. right? Those kind of statements. Cause it's like, yeah. 
wait, what? Yeah. And I mean, like you, I work with those with significant physical disabilities. So this boy with Down syndrome comes up and points at a picture. I'm like, what more do you want? <laughs> like, You're like, what, ding, what, ding, ding. We have a winner. Yeah, yeah. What prerequisites were somebody with somebody else operating off of? Because I mean, this is a slam dunk. Well, right. You know, it's so funny when I was telling you, my old boss brought me in to observe these autism classrooms. Yeah. Then she brought the whole team together and I've bought my bag of tricks, you know, and I, um, I, I say, well, first of all, I saw not one visual and there's so many kids with autism, so many children nonverbal. And then they're like, oh, well, we have some. And they, the speech therapist opens up a book, a binder. And I was like, oh, I didn't see that in any classes. I didn't see that reference. I didn't see it mm-hmm. out. I didn't see it used. So then I show them the big like core board and I show mm-hmm. them like how to use it. And then I feel so bad. But the speech therapist says, oh, no, they don't have the uh, prerequisites they don't have attention. And I go, er, wrong answer. And then I was like, sorry. <laughs> I was like, no. And then I just stood up and did this whole like, like defunking of the myths. I said, yeah. they don't have the motor skills, er, figure out a different way to access it. They don't have, um, you know, I just kept going through all the, the myths. And then I go, okay, sorry. And there you have it. And yeah. I just sat down and then the speech therapist sat down and I was like, so let's get back to some more ideas. And, um, a few of the teachers were so excited. They were like, where do I get that board? And I'm like, you're excited? It's yours. And they're like, really? And I'm like, yeah, you're excited? Here's yours. And I started demonstrating it and talking about it and showed them like Chris Bouguet's aided language stimulation video. I go, I know it's a cartoon, but this will give you the philosophy. And then Mm -hmm. I, um, they're going to have me come in. I got, oh, and I got them lesson picks, um, licenses. Um, and then I'm going to come in in a few weeks to see how it's going. And they want me to actually like work with children. Mm-hmm. There's always the challenge with that is then they, they assume they're going to see the magic, meaning it's going to work. It doesn't work overnight, right? It's something right. you have to, but I'm more than happy to do it. I just don't want them to see like, see, even Mo couldn't get them to, right. whatever, you know, but you can't, how many times you have to model that word before it can right. just like speaking. Right. So I'm hoping um, I think these two teachers, um, the two out of the four, I think they will be doing it. Um, I'm it not sure. Like the, yeah, yeah. And when then but, I gave it to them, they're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I mean, that's one thing, leaving it in the classroom. We actually heard someone else mention that on a podcast that, you know, that leaving something, I think, um, was that Jane Farrell? She was saying leaving something or Caroline uh, in the classroom. It might have been Cassie. Oh, Cassie. Okay. But I don't know. <laughs> Leaving something that kind of reminds them, but also like in the world of education, we're not like showered with all sorts of free things and wonderful. Right. 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 So I was all like, you is- get a core board, you get a core board. <laughs> yeah. But I love that. You know what you're so doing? Exciting. You're doing one of those guiding principles that will come up in a minute, I'm sure. But it's like, focus on the people who are ready to learn. Focus on the people who are ready to do it. Like she That's says- a great point. You want it here. You get the core board. You already know that you've got a couple that are not sure yet. And you've got two that are ready to jump in. And you're not even bothered by this, the speech therapist at this point, you're just going to focus on the people who are ready to move forward with it. And I think that if we, if we leave going, oh man, 50% of them don't even get it. You know, we're defeated. If you go, Hey, I got two teachers. I mean, yep. that, that that's that's going to make an impact on all those kids 
it's just kind of like half full, half empty perspective there. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm super excited to go back to see. Uh, and we even started a Google Doc um, so we can put in different ideas and links. And um, so I'm trying to give them as many resources before I get there um, as possible to um, go back in. Idea. And yeah, yeah. And then they can ask questions on it too. Like it's just a Google Doc, but um. Yeah. So I'm, do you I'm find that kind of a... you do you find that you um because your background is teaching that teachers respect what you have a lot to say? That is such an interesting. Now that you now that you say that, this would not be the first speech therapist who didn't want my advice. <laughs> 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 but teacher, I, that is, and you know what? If we think about it too, speech is a related service, so mm -hmm. it's, it's helping them access their special ed services. So. So they're only a, a you know, a, a snapshot in the child's day and the right. teacher's the one that's implementing. So I think that has to do with it too, is that the teacher's like, oh God, please help me do this because I have to do it all day. Like, mm -hmm. how, do I, how do I do it? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that could be a really, because my background is teaching definitely. Um, mm -hmm. But I've just always had uh, this passion, not just because of Nikki, but I've had so many children um, uh, I actually, uh, there's this other student, the story's not as long, from Arizona, Sabari, and um, I got to see him when I went back to Aztec as an adult. His mother brought him to me. Mm -hmm. He um, has very few words, and he would be able to say mo, because I also babysat for him, and um, he would say salsa, because <laughs> I had these assistants that would always eat jalapenos and hot stuff, and well, long story short, I saw him all those years later as a 20-something-year-old, and he remembered salsa, Miss Mo, and more, because, because oh my God. that was my first, uh, he loved the swing, and he would hate it when it would stop, and I would First, we just did the sign for more, mm -hmm. and then he had to say more, but then like more sounded like Mo, Miss Mo. But anyways, so he, mm -hmm. he actually said those three things, and his mom was like, like oh my gosh, like he remembers you. It's so meaningful. Yeah. yeah. That's so sweet. It's so important, though. I think you're, you're, the other point you're making is like that, um, you know, making that human connection with a student and making it personal is what sticks. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. here's a kid with autism, intellectual disability, and, you know, 15 years later, whatever many years later, he's like, oh, right. Miss Mo, Salsa, and more. That, I learned yeah. that from her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you, you're in it for the kids. And, and, you know, as much as it's hard when someone says no, or they're not this yet, or this, and we can get kind of caught up on that and how that's unfair and not right. But on the other hand, you're showing us, well, I'm not stuck in my silo. I, I know communication too. I know this kid deserves yeah. a, a way to communicate. A so way I'm to here. tell us what he knows. Yeah. 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 So that's kind of a, a guiding principle. I think that doesn't change depending on, you know, from your beginning of your career to now to 20 years from now. Yeah. Um, what, what else would you say are some guiding principles that Always, always, always have high expectations and presume competence. I can't tell you how many IEP meetings I go to where I'm having to say this to the teachers where they they do the opposite 
and they lowball the child and they low and, and, and everything is so, and they're like, well, we can always revise the IEP and write, you know, if they master these goals. I'm like, it's not just about where you're setting the goals. It's about your literal mindset when you're working with the child. Mm-hmm. If you don't set the bar high for them, if you don't expect them to understand or know or comprehend, mm-hmm. they're not going to meet you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, unless you have evidence to prove otherwise, and you're using robust systems and communication and evidence-based strategies, that's a different story. But when you're just presuming they don't know because they don't show it, mm-hmm. um, it's it's so, that is probably one of the hardest things to get teachers to believe in, in my, in my eyes so far, is especially those who don't have a, a, a really good communication system, even some who are verbal, um, like this mom, um, bless her heart. She's so great. She has to videotape him doing every goal that's in his IEP at home because they send the IEP report card and they always say zero, like he can't do it. Zero, zero, mm-hmm. zero. She's like, what do you mean? He can't count to 10. He counts to hundred, you know, and she'll videotape and send it in. And um, I mean, yes, there is something to be said about doing things in multiple environments. Totally understand that mm-hmm. generalization. But I think that, um, their expectations are so low that he just isn't performing at school. Whereas right. the mom is like, my son's a genius right. and, and I'll show you. So I think for her, he performs at mm-hmm. school. He, um, he doesn't, and he even has some interesting behaviors and mm-hmm. um, it's, a, it just breaks my heart because if you, if you just raise that bar, if you just, you know, presume confidence, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you will mm-hmm. see a difference in how your children perform. I truly believe that. Mm-hmm. So, I, so, oh, go ahead. Well, <laughs> in your role, then how do you, what, what's worked when working with teams, when you're, that's the message you're trying to get across? Um, That's a great question. I mean, I do my little soapbox dance and song. I do really just beg them to. Sometimes I tell them a story about a kiddo I had, like like mm-hmm. a Nikki. Uh-huh. Um, um, and there's a ton of other ones. <laughs> if they don't want the Nikki story, I got another one. Because there are all the, these kids that I have seen that have gone through many years of having a teacher and nobody assumed they could do anything. And then mm-hmm. I got them and I was like, what can we do that's more or different? Like more different is my favorite phrase to tell the school. If that Love didn't that. work, more different. What can you do more or different? They're not meeting their goals. Stop, put on your brakes, reconvene the team. What can we do more or different? And it's we, meaning us educators. So I'm always like, everyone can understand, but it's all children have the ability to, to to understand, to communicate, but it's our job as the educators, the therapists, the related service providers, even the parents to think outside the box and be creative of like, how do we help the child show what they know? And, right. and, and it doesn't just mean communication as, as in like verbal or AAC, but even, you know, written expression, there's so much AT out there. You can't tell me because he's, you know, um, doesn't like fine motor tasks that he is not allowed to engage in writing tasks. Like there's right. a T everywhere. Like it's, right. there's, it's, um, we just so haven't I, found the way for him. Yeah. So I like, stop. Yep. Stop your brakes. What can we do more different? Mm-hmm. And I it doesn't that. matter how many times you have to stop your brakes. I say the more different is my favorite phrase at a meeting. Cause if they'll say, well, that hasn't been working. 
And so we're going to do a different goal. And then I'm like, well, let's go back to that goal. Why is it not working? What, do, what can we do more different with that? Because we obviously thought it was an important goal. What can we do more different? And um, yeah, like in what AT a can we pull in or what different type of environment or different strategies and stuff like that. So, yeah, And yeah. sometimes more and different looks like let's stop doing drill and let's think about, let's make this personal. What does, you know, let's make this um, relatable for him. So it matters to count to 10. Let's play play hide and seek and his friends hide while he counts to 10. Like, let's make this, let's, why, let's make counting to 10 matter if that's Mm -hmm. really the goal we're going to do. Yep. And Mm -hmm. if you already have a video of him counting to a hundred, what's after counting? Because um, he's not doing it for you because he's been asked to count for five years. So it's like, let's make this matter to him. I think more or different. Sometimes um, people think more or different. I'm going to write the, write the goal. differently. But actually it's the delivery implementation. uh, Yeah. Mm -hmm. The implementation and of, getting a kid to the end game is what probably needs to change. Yep. Yep. Definitely. I love that for sure. Yeah. I am going to ask, I'm going to, we have his IEP meeting next week. I'm going to say, how about hide and seek? He's in kindergarten. How about about that? Because he is a silly little boy. He would probably think that was hilarious, like covering his eyes and maybe the teacher hides or yeah, I love it. And then well, all his friends are getting impatient because he's not counting. And now there's like the social pressure to just <laughs> play the game, right? Right. And he's not yeah. performing yeah. for a teacher who doesn't believe in him. All Every single kid hiding believes he can count to 10. That's why they ran off. You know, it's like, let's yeah. create those authentic experiences. And that's what needs to be more different, better, frankly. Right? <laughs> <laughs> this reminds me of like... A lot of, you know, Brandon and I will do consultations with really great school teams, similar to like you do, Mo. They're great people. We're all in it for the same reason. But I think a lot of times a theme is kind of around what you're talking about, Mo, and kind of the Mm -hmm. teaching versus testing. And we get stuck in a lot of that testing in our roles in the schools, you know, and we have IEP goals and we have other goals. Do you have any, um, anything that tips or tricks around, around that that's worked? When, around people when that are testing done. IEP goals every day, but not actually uh, teaching. Yeah. And, 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 and trust me, even if they did it every day, I wouldn't mind, but, but they're not, they're doing it like once a quarter <laughs> and, and, and I'll say, so what are, what instruction are you implementing? Cause the IEP goal is just a data point. It's how they're responding to your instruction. Right. So I'll say that. And they're like, well, we're getting, we're progress monitoring it with the whatever program. I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So how are you teaching it? And then this is great. This mom says, no, the computer teaches them. And I'm like, oh, so they're literally putting him on, you know, read 180 or whatever. And right. then taking this. So I said, but so take progress monitoring away. I don't know. Like, I think when MTSS and R- RTI and all that came in, that's when everyone started using that word. I wish it went back to saying goal data, IEP goal data, because back in the day, you had your little goal sheet. You know, you mm-hmm. had your you had your little clicker, you had your little tricks and slash marks and whatever, and you were actually then instructing your students to make educational gains. And now they're so into like, what program is going to progress monitor this? When it's like, no, you take the goal you decide how am I going to provide instruction and then 
the data I'm going to pull is how he responded to the instruction. But that connection is Mm -hmm. often missed from teachers. Mm -hmm. And I saw it starting to happen when the RTI and MTSS started because they were really pushing progress monitoring. And then it just kind of blurred into IEPs. and, And now everyone thinks you have to have like a particular tool to measure an IEP goal. So then I always bring up one that could never have a tool, right? Like something like a physical therapy goal or something. I go, so what do they do? They create an IEP goal, you know, like, Mm -hmm. so I try to demonstrate it by using something you can kind of visualize to say, like, there is no computer program that's going to measure his ability to, you know, go up and down the stairs with, um, Oh boy, I'm not getting my physical therapy right. terms in, but you know, yeah. Yeah. there there isn't any, there isn't any, there shouldn't be any computer that's going to measure authentic communication. I mean, I know, right? I know, you have to I know. create those experiences. Yeah. I mean, it would be interesting if they, if a speech path is like, oh, we're pulling the data from how often they use it. You know how some devices will, and I'm like, oh, if they said that, I'd be like, no. Mm -hmm. Because first of all, you don't know who's pushing the button if you're doing true aided language stimulation. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So, but yeah, it's, uh, it, the IEPs are, I I would like to, I'd like to retrain everyone. (laughs) So, you know, we, we ran across this with one other um, person too, where it's like, so you're walking in and if you're, if you're there, then probably somebody's not doing their job well, somebody yeah. along the way. And, and so, um, so you're walking into um, people, adult learners or potential learners, <laughs> we're going to assume potential for learning yeah. for the adults as well. But that creates defensiveness. Yeah. So what is your approach to kind of go, I'm here to help you. Like, I'm not here to break you down. I literally am here to help you do this better, different. Yeah, I think what helped me initially was most of my cases were in Chicago public schools. So we'd get on the Zoom or, or get in person. I'd be like, hey, guys, like my friends, you know, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, hey, oh, well, yeah, I'll see you next weekend. OK, cool. You know, so at first that that was initially kind of what helped me do the role. But now it's blown up and, you mm-hmm. know, and plus a lot of my friends have left those roles. I'm like, no. But um, mm-hmm. so what I try to do is in the state of Illinois, we have to the the Um, schools are required to give a draft three days in advance with no minutes or LRE information, but a draft of the present levels and things Mm -hmm. like that, the goals. Mm -hmm. So I try to review it ahead of time and give them kind of feedback beforehand so they have an opportunity to digest it on their own without Mm -hmm. me kind of some schools love that because they're mm-hmm. like, oh, thanks so much for that input, Mo. That was super helpful. We've actually made some tweaks. We're going to put it up on the screen. So that helps because then they also, I I hope that they realize that why I'm doing it that way and not in the middle of the meeting. Like, right, um, right. And then I try to say, like, let's talk this out. And then whenever we do talk it out and it's successful, I say, they, that was a great collaboration. That I really like that. That worked well um, mm-hmm. to try to reinforce them. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, then there's the third way where I'm just like the bulldog. Unfortunately, it gets to that. I try the, I always try first, I provide support beforehand. Then I try to be like, let's talk this out together. Let's think right. about this. Mm-hmm. And then the third way is finally like, all right, well, sorry, it's not measurable. 
it's just not measurable. Right. And then I'll, you know, or I'll say like, okay, act it out. I would like you to take that goal and act it out. If you cannot, it is not measurable. You want mm. to show, if you cannot show me, she's like, well, I understand what it means. I'm like, but this is the point. Right. <laughs> so, right. um, so unfortunately the third way is I'm a little bit of a bulldog. Um, <laughs> well, it's kind of like your um, myth debunking game show, yeah. right? But yeah. you know, you're playful in it, but sometimes we just kind of need to hear that. And yeah, if some things aren't black and white or aren't gray, right? It's like, no, that really isn't true. It really is not true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I, and I love that it's virtual now because I'm like Google searching up a storm for like, like case law or the law or the actual, you know, our state board of eds website. I'm like, oh, I dropped the link just to help you guys. It's the, you know, the transition plan guidance from the state. Mm -hmm. It's really helpful. Might want to check that out. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, like one of the districts I'm working with right now, um, they're like, oh, we put the minutes on the draft. That's not predetermination. And I said, oh, actually it is. Predetermination is not just the label eligibility. It's also services and um, LRE, you know, and minutes, LRE, all that. And then she's like, how was I supposed to do that? And she got really defensive with me. Mm. And um, I said, well, you know, now, like, you know, and then I and then she's like, well, in the future, I need a email of all when all the laws change. I'm like, yeah, predetermination never changed. But oh, no problem. Um, I'm like, oh my goodness, she got so defensive. And um, I've been in the field for 10 years. I'm like, okay. Yeah. 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 So basically you're saying you can't win them all, but you do, you do kind of start with the kill them with kindness side of yeah, and and, yeah. and, 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 and that you're there to collaborate and that you've been in their shoes too. I like, I think a lot of times like, yeah. oh, when I was a teacher. Sometimes I like to let them know that because not all mm -hmm. advocates are a lot of advocates, at least in the state of Illinois, are, I almost said Justin, and then I took that word out, are parents of children mm -hmm. with disabilities. Yeah. I um, also went to law classes um, within the last decade to learn special ed law like, really well. Um, and I've been in many due process cases and um, as the expert witness. So I try to get the law part great, mm -hmm. but then the whole instructional part, I have to remind them, like I was a teacher and, mm -hmm. and I'm in classrooms and I see what can work and I see what mm -hmm. can't work. Mm -hmm. And, and sometimes I don't even know the actual child. Like I've never met them, but mm -hmm. I'm their advocate. Right. But yeah. And sometimes I've met them and I'm like, no, I've actually seen them do this or I know, mm -hmm. you know, so. Yeah. Well, so you've had quite an interesting, you have an interesting background from being a teacher and um, kind of like being a communication specialist as well. <laughs> right. And um, you're focused on autism and IEP. Um, so, and it's just kind of now developing more, right. Yeah. Into new things that you're doing. I think seven years is you're in it, but you probably still have so many things that you want to yeah. do within that. Um, when you think about the end of your career, eventually, in what areas do you hope you've made an impact? Um, I think most is teaching people how to be an advocate, whether you're a teacher, a therapist, administrator, or a parent, always keep the child in the center. Mm -hmm. Always focus on the child. There's times we're in, we're in the middle of a Zoom and it's not going well. I will share screen a picture of the child and oh. not say a word. And I'll just be like, okay, we're all back. Okay, good. Like advocacy mm -hmm. has to always center around the child and everybody is an advocate. Um, because if you're on his, 
a child's team, you should be an advocate, right? Um, so I think that like always just sharing that with everyone, like sharing that when they when they do introductions and they say, oh, and Mo's the advocate. And I'll say like, we're all advocates, you know, like just mm -hmm. reminding them that like really all of our roles are, if we're doing them right, are to advocate for the child. Right. Mm -hmm. right. I love that idea of putting up the picture of the child. Just to oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I'll, yeah I've, had, well. I've had parents bring a framed picture, put it in the middle of it. If we're doing it in person, oh. it just is, it just is such a great reminder, especially in those meetings where, you know, there is something contentious, like something mm -hmm. did happen, a mm -hmm. ball was dropped. I'm like, oh, can you please bring a picture of your child, like a really fun, happy one framed? And they're like, yeah, why? And I'm like, you'll see. <laughs> mm -hmm. So like we put it down. I'm like, just a friendly reminder. We're all here for this awesome kiddo. And it does somehow like just kind of calm everyone down and just kind of remind everyone that like we're not here to be adults winning. We're here mm -hmm. to be cheerleaders for the child to win. Right. Right. Well, I, yeah. so, you know, you're talking about like, oh, what would I tell my younger self now? Right. And what if you saw Nikki now and what other mm -hmm. things would you try? But honestly, um, it's not like you had a high tech eye gaze board back. I mean, eye gaze device back then, like sure. you probably use what the technology you could use, but I mean, I don't know if it's, if, if I'm wanting you to tell me like, what, what do you wish you knew or what do you wish people new coming out of the field now so that we can move it forward. You know, so many times I think I want, I want the 25 year SLP to know what I know so that the field moves forward and they don't have to be 50 before they know what I know or else we don't move forward. What do you think? What do you think moves the field forward? Well, it's funny because one of, um, when you were saying like you're doing so many things in your field or in your, your, um, job and you probably have more that you want to do. And one of them is to teach college because I'm like, they're mm. not teaching them the right stuff. Right. <laughs> like I, I truly believe that it starts from how we're preparing our, our SLPs, our SPED teachers, our general ed teachers, mm -hmm. and, and they're fresh out of college. And you're like, wait, what do you mean? You've never written an IEP goal. Like, how yeah. is this possible? Or what mm -hmm. do you mean you don't know what the word or what AAC means? Like, right. I I wish I could teach college, but I mean, I have so many different jobs. It can only be like mm -hmm. one class at a time. And I just mm -hmm. haven't found, I mean, I look on LinkedIn and stuff, but I just think they need someone that's going to really be like honest mm -hmm. and, and, and here's what it's really like. And here are the strategies that you can do. Because even just the fact that you're going to have maybe eight kids in your class at all different levels. And maybe right. you're going to have eight kids in your class with four different devices and two different behavior plans. Like right. nobody told us that. Right. And mm -hmm. teachers walk in and they're like, I, why don't I have all first graders? I'm like, oh, well, legally right. you can have a four-year age span. And within mm -hmm. that four-year age span, you might have eight different levels. And, mm -hmm. and you know, and, and they're just like shocked. They're absolutely right. shocked. And, and I, so you, I, I really wish we could prepare our young educators mm -hmm. better. And I know we have such a shortage, shortage. So they're pushing them out quicker. They're mm -hmm. fast tracking them. They're even giving certificates for like emergency certificates. Emergency. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like, 
how are we it, ever going to fix that? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, it makes me think about, you know, like the emergency certificate and, and there's so much that people have to learn within their program. And I love how you brought up gen ed teachers too, because I oh, think yeah. that's where a lot of this needs to happen as well. But it, it almost makes me think, gosh, if, if they had like a Mo booty first year out of their program to oh. like mentor them, right. Or be there to ask questions mm-hmm. like, that would be kind of interesting. Like, yeah, past, you're past the program. Now you're really in it. And now you're like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because the know. student teaching is like shorter as well. Some states have shortened that. And um, it, yeah, they're, they're just not prepared. And in, in some states like Illinois, we changed from having specific certificates of um, what your label of your degree was, um, which is the label of the disability in which you got a degree in. And now it's just an LBS one, learning behavior specialist one or two, which okay. basically just means a special ed teacher. Mm. And they had to do that in Illinois because of a Chicago public school 22 year lawsuit called Corey H. And basically what was happening was like, I was certified to teach um, severe profound phys- and um, I had master's in severe intellectual disabilities back then it was called like SPH or something. I don't remember. Um, Mm -hmm. and physical disabilities. Um, but you could have, um, you could have like a a total of like three disabilities in your classroom in the state or something, but, but you couldn't have all the labels. Right. So I, right. So if I was certified in that and I got a child with a learning disability, I would say, oh, I already have three disabilities in my room or something. It, it was it was really huh. weird. So it, it caused needing more teachers, actually. Right. But the problem is we really, back then, I mean, my, and then I got a, like a master's in, in um, back then it was called BD, behavior disorder. Now it's called mm-hmm. ED. So like then we got our degrees in the l- label of the type of children you were teaching. Right. And now you get a class on it. No, not even a class. Probably you get mm-hmm. like an overview of what everything is. Mm-hmm. Right. Whereas back then it was so much more specific to meet the needs mm-hmm. of the children you're serving. It's kind mm-hmm. of mind blowing to think now it's a generic special ed. I could get children that all need repositioning and communication devices. And I don't even know like what a Riften is. I don't even know what a mm-hmm. bolster is. I don't know mm-hmm. what a AAC is. And and they're the teacher because they have mm-hmm. the certificate and they, they right. might've just had a class where they're like, Oh, I think I wrote that word down somewhere, you know, and mm-hmm. it's boy, ba- I, I remember going into a classroom once and seeing a lot of like, say it switches and pictures and, and uh, positioning equipment. And I said, how, how long ago did you get your degree? And it was like right around when I did, I'm like, mm-hmm. was it in, and, and back then he's like, it was TMH. And I'm like, yes, because back then they, they taught us, those very specific things. Granted, right. the world and technology has changed, but we still knew how to work the best we could with the type of students that we had in front mm-hmm. of us. And now that generic has really kind of ruined right. that. It's, mm-hmm. Now it seems like we really, this is a time to really pull in your people, right? Your collaborators. Mm-hmm. Yes. It, you need that PT so you can find out about the Riften and the things that you have that general knowledge, right? Yeah. Um, and I wonder if part of the challenge is just making time to to yes. have 
those conversations with people. Well, Time. Go ahead. I would also say though, um, I work with an OT who has a student and, and she's getting her doctorate in OT and in some Indiana. And um, she observed us using switches and doing things. And she was like, I never learned any of this. And she's about to get her doctorate in OT. And she did not learn switch access. Mm-hmm. And she's like, if we did learn it, we learned it in a way I don't remember ever learning it. Mm. And which means it was a one day, it was a something that, that wasn't applied. So then it's like, if you are, if um, special ed teachers are expected to be general special ed, if you know, right. And then specialists are supposed to have all these pieces. They don't have it either. I mean, mm-hmm. if somebody coming out, if somebody coming out, but you know, think about how broad OT is in, in, even in pediatrics, there's a ton of handwriting and all that kind of stuff, let alone right, and feeding and sensory and yeah, all the activities or- of daily living from birth to death is OT. So switches are low incidence in that profession, mm-hmm. but that low incidence piece it then gets by the wayside, you know, well, you know, we have, we only have so many hours in a day, so many hours in the degree program. And then, so I think you're right. I think um, some of it is do, could we as a field do a better job in mentorship or having a, having a program where, where people can get mentored from others since they can't learn it all. Right. They, you know, they just, there's no way to learn it all coming out, you know? And that's why I think some of these conferences are so great because um, you, that's really like in Arizona, I had a great PT and a great OT and I learned so much from them, but I didn't have a, a strong speech department. So mm-hmm. I learned all of the communication stuff, which is hilarious because now that's one of my strengths from all the conferences Mm -hmm. and books I read back then. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I got to try everything with my students, which Mm -hmm. was, which was a nice thing too. But yeah, I, I think the ability, if I can tell any young educators is building your network, like building your team, Mm -hmm. even if it's not the team in, um, in your current setting, meaning is there someone else in the district that Mm -hmm. you're working that might be, really good at AAC or really good at positioning or really good, like, can you, or do you need to just pull in other people as well? Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and never being afraid to ask for help and being open to learning because I mean, I, I learn all the time from mm-hmm. things. I'm always like in a room going, Ooh, can I take a picture of that? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, Oh, I never thought of that. That's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Um, or just the way someone, you know, um, does something or the way they, yeah right? Something in the IEP. So being open to learning and just really building your team because you're, there's no way with the way schools are preparing our staff now that they are really truly prepared Mm -hmm. for the students that they serve. Mm -hmm. So just don't feel bad to ask for help, build your team of support, get to know who the experts are in what areas in your district. So then you can call on them. And if you are one of those experts, answer the call. (laughs) Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Make yourself available. And even, even even in a a more broad reach, people like you and um, other people who are, you know, people that we look up to and think, oh my goodness, if only I could do it like this, wouldn't it be neat if I could pick her brain? You know, something that I've had. That's what's great about social media, right? Like we didn't have that back now. Now it's like, oh, back then 
I was so starstruck by Caroline Musselway from the book. I think it was, wasn't it engineering your classroom, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. So when I went to that conference and I'm sitting in the front seat with this girl, Janice Pilling, who I didn't know, and we we're just like, oh my God, we're writing everything down. And then we come up to ask a question, which now I know as a presenter, give them a break, right? <laughs> but we come up to ask questions. She's like, I have to eat lunch. Come sit with me. And we're like, oh my God. Yeah. And now if I want to see like someone I'm like ah, about, I just say, oh, let me see if they're on Facebook. You know, like it's yeah. so great. Mm -hmm. Like I know Karen Erickson will know this answer. I'm going to reach out to her. I know. Mm -hmm. So it's it's actually so much easier now mm -hmm. to get support outside of your school network and build a team that way or get on some of these Facebook groups and learn from others. I just don't, uh, I say like, don't get, overwhelmed like the the quiet listserv when I first joined it I was like oh my god I got like oh. 20 emails say I got to read them all and then yeah. I was like okay no now I'm overwhelmed so then I made them all go automatically to a box but then I was like oh now I never see them so now I have them yeah. back but I'm like I read like the subject line so it's very important that you have a good subject line um because some <laughs> I'm like okay right now today I don't need to know that information so I'm okay with letting it go yeah. so even the same thing with some of those Facebook groups you join like there's thousands of people joining right so there's there could be posts all day every day yeah um you can't mm -hmm. get yourself caught up in that but what's great too about for instance facebook groups is you can search the group for a key topic right you can see who posted right. about that topic and say oh this was so helpful right. um and they have the same kind of class as me and stuff so there's really more out there to help support our our young um or newly certified um, mm -hmm. educators and therapists, they just really have to be um, not not scared to jump in and use it all, use all That's the great true. resources that are out there. That's true. How? And to think, think critically about them too. Yeah. And make sure you know what you're looking at and who that resource is. Mm -hmm. um, right. Because yeah. with a thousand posts is a thousand opinions. Yes, um, that is true. That is um, true. Tell me this, Mo, how are you balancing your life with your work? Oh, did I say I was? No. <laughs> I, um, I mean, I mean, what is, what are things that you think when you are doing that, right? That member last member, like three years ago on a Thursday when you're balanced, everything. No, I'm just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, when, when you feel balanced, um, what does that look like? Is that because you make time to work out? Is that because you make time to meet with friends? I know you have a lot of family in Chicago. Is that, yeah. I mean, are you pretty intentional about doing non-work things to stay balanced? No, <laughs> I'm just being honest. I like Friday night, I get so excited because I'm like, ooh, Friday night, now I could just review a bunch of IEPs. And I'll literally like turn on the trash TV, bring well, over the computer, balanced. Uh, yeah, but I'm like reviewing IEPs. But, yeah. Like, like yeah. go ahead, send me an IEP Friday nights. That's me. You know, and <laughs> I just um like reviewing IEPs all the time. Um yeah, like just last night there was a mom on Facebook who was emailing me and I was like, Oh, I have time tomorrow right before I teach aerobics. Um, shoot me an email with your IEP and I'll review it. She's like, and I could do it so quick because I it's a Chicago mm -hmm. public school one. So I'm like, oh, I could do that in my sleep. I love when I'm at a meeting and I'll say, oh, section 
A and they're like, oh, is that where that is? I'm like, yeah, it's the third drop down box over to the right. <laughs> click on this. And they're like, oh, thanks. Yeah. And then I'll, I still have a ton of friends that work there. So they always give me like all the updates to the system. So but you I know. mentioned that you teach aerobics. So you do, I do, do that once you, a week you, yeah. for 28 years. Wow. And, yeah. Wow. And I was always Sunday night. And I thought, oh my gosh, did working with people, uh, my lovely friends of, with autism teach me to be rigid because one day my boss calls me and says, hey, Mo, we're going to change your Sunday to a Tuesday. And I'm like, what? Nope, nope, nope. I've been doing this for, I was teaching Sundays 5.30 to 6.30 for 20, about 26 years. Oh, and wow. I was like at the same gym. And I was like, no, 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 you can't do that. She's like, oh, the numbers on Sundays aren't good. And come on, you could do this. It's a great group. So I finally take it. And I was like, literally, it was hilarious. I was like nervous. And because you also get the same people. Then I moved to a new house and the drive, even though it's not that far during rush hour, it took me like 50 minutes to get there mm. to teach, oh. class, you know, so yeah. I told my boss and she's like, oh, you know, the state state street gym is just two miles from your new house. She's like, we'll switch you there. And I'm like, <gasps> so, so now I'm at a new gym and a new day. So it's like, whoa, look at me, look at me mm. without a, without a visual. I even did that. Well, <laughs> and you, you without a visual, you <laughs> also make time for some decorating because you have the cutest home office I think we've seen <laughs> oh I love it yes yes I just finished my office oh, love and, it yeah pink and the wallpaper yes and I still like my skulls though there's still skulls up there I I just put them in gold and pink to make them look cuter oh, <laughs> so yeah I, I, I do like to do some DIY the sliding barn, barn door behind I made that uh -huh. Um, wow. so I do, yeah, I like to get really handy with, um, yeah, I, I do do, so I, I do make time with that. I do have one bathroom left to conquer. So when I, when it gets really bad, meaning I go, I'm so stressed and I'm like, all right, where's that next room that I needed to yeah. mm -hmm. build when something you, or make something or paint or yeah. Mm -hmm. When you run out of IEPs Friday night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Mo, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been so fun to talk mm -hmm. to you. We've picked up excellent little tidbits and we loved your stories and you're just such an, a pleasure to, to chat thank with. Thank you. Yes. And it's been fun to think about how you systematically kind of go through things. I can tell you're really intentional as much as you're come off as fun and <laughs> um, kind of light in what you're trying to say. I know that there's so much research and intention and you know the law and you know you know the families and you understand the teacher's perspective since that's where you come from so you're like you're um you you bring kind of a light personality to a complex table for sure <laughs> but um I think that today you know just listening to you it's like but the the, the bottom line is is that um you you're going in making yourself relatable. So you, you know, all your stuff and it's relatable and you're not there to make friends. So when someone says, well, they're not ready, you're like, mm, nope, i got to call you on that. That's a myth. And we're not <laughs> doing it. Like the other thing is, is being brave enough to just be honest. If, if a team, um, if, or members of the team aren't, aren't being honest or don't know the facts or don't know the law or don't know it, it's like, somebody has got to come in here and 
um, speak truth, even if it's not what people want to hear. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I also love the approach of saying, cause you've seen so many kids, you get in there and you're like, oh, I know, a, I have a success story that's very similar to yeah. this boy. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I know that till I see this boy, but then I go, mm, oh, that's my Nikki. Oh, that's right. my John, Johnny. Oh, that's my Sahara. Mm -hmm. the yep. other person. So, you know, it's like you as one thing that um, experience gives you is so many more kids um, that you can relate to. Right. Yep. So yep. it's like, and then you get in like, well, I don't know, but it worked for Susie. And then people are like, well, I mean, I can't deny it worked for Susie. I don't know Susie and you do, and you saying it worked. Right. So it's like, right. the other thing is, is that when we keep it around kids and then you can, then you can tell success stories around those same kids Mm -hmm. And it gets, it takes the pressure off of the teacher didn't do this. The parent hasn't done that. The attendance is this, the, you know, the seating and positioning's never gotten get whatever. Mm -hmm. All the, all the reasons why it hasn't been successful are still there. I mean, we're yeah. not changing things overnight. So it's like, how can we get people to, um, with renewed hope, renewed creativity yep. with, with an idea, like even, I love what you said, just like, um, how can we do more or better? Is that what you said? More different. More different. And then you added the word better. So we love that. Doing more different, better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I added that. Okay. But yeah, it's like, you know, it's like, let's, I, even if that's what teams leave with, that that's planting a seed, right? And then they do mm -hmm. more and the seed grows and they do different and the seed grows. And next thing you know, they are better, you know? Yeah. yeah. I love it. I love it. So thank Yay. you for sharing your expertise. Thank you for sharing yeah. your point of view. It's super helpful for those of us who um, don't have 32 years. in. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Mo. Thank you. It's so great.